Welcome back to History List. Socrates is an early example of a man willing to stand up to the state and argue what he knows is true, regardless of the consequence. In this way, Socrates is a martyr for truth, and is seen as archetypal for Galileo, Giordano Bruno, and even Jesus. Socratic method, asking the big questions of what is knowledge, justice, and beauty, would lose interest after the end of the Greek era, although there was a flourishing of imitators, amongst them Plato, after Socrates' death in 399 BCE. Prior to Socrates, philosophers had been interested in the natural world. What is the world made of? Where did it come from? However, as over centuries these questions were answered by the sciences, Socrates' big questions were rediscovered and used as the basis for modern philosophy. Our experience of this world and the people in it is what Socrates was interested in. His focus on human understanding showed us that if we question our assumptions, we will be better for it, that the unexamined life is not worth living. The philosophy of what we will call the West can be largely traced to Socrates' inquiries. For our purposes, the West, or Western civilization, will be the civilization and culture that puts an emphasis on the inheritance of ideas from the classical world of Greece and Rome. From architecture to democracy, to language and scientific classification, the legacy of these classical societies continues to play a huge role in the West, although by no means the sole or even necessarily the primary role. As we already saw with theater, with Sophocles, the idiosyncrasies of classical societies have had a long shelf life. On to Socrates' biography. An oracle had stated that Socrates was the wisest of all men. This was relayed to the Athenian, who was surprised. After all, he did not consider himself the wisest. He knew just how much he did not know. So Socrates began a program of asking wise and educated people questions, trying to figure out what they knew that he didn't. In the course of his questioning, however, he usually was able to get them tied in knots, confused or defeated. This was his Socratic method, using questions to try and tease out definitions, understanding, and truth. This continued for some time. Famously, though, in 399 BCE, Socrates was put on trial for corrupting the youth with his questioning, and also some other trumped-up charges of which he acquits himself. His famous defense of his philosophical quest was recorded by his follower, Plato in The Trial. Socrates maintains that he is a gadfly to the state, but that that is a good thing. By bothering the horse, the gadfly keeps the noble beast from falling asleep. So Socrates keeps Athens on its toes. He was condemned, and when asked what his punishment should be, he said his services deserved a punishment of free room and board at state expense. So he was ordered to be put to death, which was achieved by drinking poison. His conversations were later recorded by Plato as dialogues, which remained a popular philosophical form for thousands of years. 
Let's examine the structure of one of his famous dialogues to get a better sense of the importance of his contributions. We'll consider the Protagoras, in which Socrates debates in the home of a well-known sophist, a teacher who taught young men how to speak well. The Protagoras dialogue opens with the old teacher Protagoras saying he can help Socrates' young friend with his teaching. When asked how, Protagoras replies that he'll teach the young man about virtue, which Socrates denies, saying that virtue is impossible to be taught. This is the central question of the dialogue, then. Can virtue be taught? Socrates maintains that we learn from specialists, as an apprentice from a carpenter. And since all the men in Athens are engaged in democracy and civic virtue, then clearly there is no specialist, and virtue must be found in people innately. Protagoras counters, in part, with a thought experiment of a city that's life dependent on everyone being able to play the flute. In such a society, every parent and everyone in general would be working hard to train each other in this all-important skill. Socrates then asks if virtue is one thing or comprised of many, and Protagoras eventually says many. Protagoras and Socrates debate, for example, whether someone virtuous can be both courageous and unwise. Here Socrates changes tactics and asks if people harm themselves from seeking pleasure, overeating or eating food that's harmful in the long run to health, which Protagoras agrees to. This pain is caused by a deficiency of knowledge, Socrates says, and that if they were taught the consequences, they would be better off. Just as being taught courage, for example, would help with virtue, so Socrates has brought the argument back to the start, asking whether and how virtue can be taught. Protagoras, by the end of the conversation, has reversed his own original position. For our next episode of History List, we will look at Socrates' disciple, from whom we get these dialogues, the philosopher Plato. <laughs>